Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. Welcome to Evening Worship here at Broadway Baptist Church. We are in the dog days of summer right here, July 25th, just trucking along right in the middle of the summer, and it is right a uh, great time for us to study God's Word. I know the Lord is working in your life, working greatly in the life of our church. Um, exciting things going on. Two weeks from today, we have a church picnic coming up, an opportunity for you to receive a baptism in the creek. Always a great public testimony to get baptized at Veterans Park in the West Hickman Creek. Uh, it shows everybody what it means to follow as a, a, a believer. Always encouraging for that. But we are here in the book of Exodus, so hopefully you have your Bibles, open up on your phone, open up there if you're in your room, and you can follow along. And you can certainly see about the Passover, because that's what we're studying here. We're looking at the Passover instructions from God to Moses on when he is going to pass over and what he's going to do in the great work of this event. The Lord prepared his people for this exodus of bringing them out of slavery. And he even set something called the Passover as a feast to remember this event. It wasn't something that was to be forgotten. God wants us. God is giving us a memory. He's giving you a memory so we can remember what he has done in our life. What has God done in your life? Do you remember the great things and the great works, the mighty works of the Lord? That means that memory is from the Lord. So I want you to turn your Bibles here. Exodus chapter 12, verses 43. This is going to be 1243 through chapter 13, verse 16. It says, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, This is the statute of the Passover. No foreigner may eat it, but any slave a man has purchased may eat it. After you have circumcised him, a temporary resident, or hired worker may not eat the Passover. This is their special feast. It is to be eaten in one house. You may not eat any of the meat outside the house. You may not break any of its bones. The whole community of Israel must celebrate it. If an alien resides among you and wants to observe the Lord's Passover, every male in his household must be circumcised, and then he may participate. He will become like a native of the land. But no uncircumcised person may eat it. The same law will apply to both the native and the alien who resides among you. Let me explain what's going on here. This is something they are there to remember this. The Jewish people, as they get to their homeland, once a year they are to observe the Passover. And they're to remember it. And God is saying, if you want to participate in the Passover, if you want to observe this religious holiday, you need to be circumcised, and it's almost like you're going to become Jewish. You are becoming one of us. And what we see here is the Lord blesses, through this Exodus event, through the Passover, it even blessed the resident aliens. The people living in Goshen were driven out of slavery. There was no place for them. So let me explain how a foreigner among us. How could someone who's in your presence, who maybe works with you, all of a sudden participate and be blessed because of your ministry. For example, say, you know, your grandchildren 
spend the night with you one weekend. Well, maybe they don't go to church, unfortunately. You bring them to church. Say, you have people who work for you. You don't want them to work during times they could go to church. You want them to be able to go on Wednesday nights and on Sunday nights so they can worship. You're allowing the, the people who you can have influence over to be blessed because of you. And I mean, a perfect example of this is Truy Cathy at Chick-fil-A and now Dan Cathy. He runs the company. They don't work their employees. Obviously, we all know it's closed on Sunday. Why? Because they don't want their employees. They want to have a day off, so they don't work on that day. They have an opportunity to spend that time with their family, with their church family as well. And I think the principle, what we're reminded of this, is God is telling you and I that those that we have influence on, the resident aliens among us, we shouldn't work our people, even on the Sabbath, they should be free. People who are in your house, maybe they're visiting, if they're here on a Sunday or Wednesday, you bring them to church. and You state that up front. You let people know the expectations. Say, hey, you're coming this week. The only requirement is you have to go to church and Sunday school. And Wednesday night, if you're going to come, we expect you to go with us. They receive a blessing because of that. God's word is powerful and true. This Bible can change someone's life. It is what saves, these words save souls. Someone who is wrestling with sin can be delivered by these words. It cuts through the bone. It divides marrow. And it, it comes all the way down to a life-changing message. And we want any and every opportunity that we can influence people more positively with the gospel. That's what we see here. And God wants his people to, to, they're celebrating the Passover, to also let those they have influence over to participate in it as well. Keep going here in your Bibles. Then all the Israelites did this. They did just as the Lord had commanded Moses and Aaron. On that same day, the Lord brought the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, according to their military division. So they're leaving the land by the tribes. The Lord God spoke to Moses, Consecrate every firstborn male to me, the firstborn from every womb among the Israelites, both man and domestic animal. It's mine. God wants the firstborn. There's a, de there's a devotion. God's firstborn male was Jesus. He says, mine. He killed off the firstborn males of Egypt, just showing that, that hereditary break right there. God is saying, the firstborn males you're going to consecrate, you're giving them to me. Then Moses said to the people, remember this day, when you came out of Egypt, out of the place of slavery, for the Lord brought you out of here by the strength of his hand. Nothing you did, nothing leavened may be eaten. Today in the month of Abib, you're going out. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, Hethites, Amorites, Hithites and Jebusites, which he swore to your ancestors that he would give to you, a land flowing with milk and honey. You must carry out this ceremony in this month. They must still continue to observe this feast today. God expects them to do that. For seven days you must eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there is to be a festival to the Lord. 
meaning you're supposed to go have the festival of unleavened bread for one week. It goes on to say here, unleavened bread is to be eaten for those seven days. Nothing leaven may be found among you, and no yeast may be found among you in all of your territory. Yeast in the New Testament, because Jesus one time warned the disciples, says, beware of the yeast, the leaven of the Pharisees. Leaven represented evil. That means these people appeared one way. They would get in there and it would grow. Evilness, sin, it gets inside of your heart and it causes things to rise. L yeast and leaven cause the bread it soaks all the way through it, and it causes it to rise. You get sin in your life. You have unrepentant sin. It permeates all areas of your life, and it causes your downfall. Unrepentant sin is dangerous to your soul. It's deadly to you spiritually. And Christ is saying, you need to be forgiven. You need to trust and obey and turn to him. Look here at verse 8. On that day, explain to your son, this is because of what the Lord God did to me when I came out of Egypt. Let it serve as a sign for you on your hand and as a reminder on your forehead, so that the Lord's instruction may be in your mouth. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with a strong hand. It was by God's strong, mighty hand. Nothing the Israelites did. They didn't win a single battle. Our victory rests in the Lord. We surrender to God, God's mighty hand. Keep this statue at its appointed time from year to year. And you think about us. What statues do you have? What do you keep from year to year? Obviously, we observe Easter. That's the here at the time of the Passover. We remember Christmas. Jesus was born in Bethlehem during Christmas. We remember what he, God is doing. Not only that, in your spiritual life, maybe you remember your spiritual birthday. I was saved in December of 1993. It's like the second week. I don't remember the exact day, but I remember trusting Christ as my Savior. I, was, I gave my life to Christ. Maybe you remember your baptism. You remember a time of a, when God used you on a mission trip. God used you to witness to a family member, lead someone to Christ. There should be spiritual milestones that you reflect and remember as you go throughout your life. You mean for our milestones or the wrong milestones. What's most important for us is how transformational spiritual milestones are for our life. You can look at your life when you were saved and see each and every year how you've grown closer to Christ. How you've witnessed God use you more. God has a great plan for you. God has a purpose for you. And we want, absolutely want Him to be able to use that. Keep going here in your Bible goes on to say, when the Lord brings you out, this is, uh, um, this is verse 9, let it serve as a sign for you in your hand and as a reminder on your forehead, so that the Lord's instruction may be in your mouth. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with a strong hand. Keep this statue at its appointed time from year to year. When the Lord brings you out of the land of the Canaanites, as he swore to you and your ancestors, he gives you you are to present to the Lord every firstborn male in the womb, all firstborn offspring of the livestock you own 
our males will be the Lord. So they are giving their firstborn to the Lord. You know, this morning here we had baby dedication here at our church. We remember, we dedicate these children to the Lord. We, we, we recall firstborn males of the Lord. When you, baby dedication is you are saying, I'm giving this child, I'm dedicating this child to the Lord, and he will be faithful to the Lord. I think about Hannah. Hannah had Samuel. Samuel was given and dedicated to the Lord. When he became weaned, when he became old enough, Obviously, if you remember the story there in 1 Samuel chapter 1, Eli raised him in the temple. Samuel was a righteous man who was discipled and raised at church. And God's hand was on Samuel. And the people recognized this is a holy, righteous man. He set apart for the Lord's work. It goes on to say in your Bibles, in, the ver- in verse 13, you must redeem every firstborn of a donkey with the flock animal. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. However, you must redeem every firstborn among your sons. So the redemption there is a picture of Jesus. He's the firstborn of God. That is God's firstborn and God's only son. In the future, when your son asks, What does this mean? Say to him, By the strength of his hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, out of the place of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed every firstborn male in the land of Egypt, both the firstborn of humans and the firstborn of livestock. This is why you sacrifice to the Lord all the firstborn of the wound of the males. This is a reminder that we give our best, we give our first fruits, we give our firstborn males to God. The reason why it says firstborn males because that would have been who you pass your inheritance their hereditary line goes to your firstborn male. And God is saying, I want your first. I want what you value the most. What you cherish and what you desire, what you hold to and cling to the most, God is saying, it's mine. I will hold that. I will take that. I will make sure that's most important. It goes on to say, I redeem all the firstborn of my son. So let it be a sign on your hand and a symbol on your forehead for the Lord brought us out of Egypt by the strength of his hand. Back in the Bible times, remember they had these phylacteries. It says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6 that they took God's word and they bound it to their forehead and they bound it to their right hand. And it's a sign that we are owned by the Lord. We are physically proudly showing, I'm God's, I'm His. I'm, I identify with Christ. You know, during the end times, one of the sad things that's going to happen is the mark of the beast, the number 666, will represent the Antichrist. And it's the number of incompleteness. And it says in the Bible that these people will be stamped on the right hand and on their forehead, a sign that they are actually bound and they're owned not by the Lord, but they're actually owned by Satan himself. They're owned by the devil. Do you know, just like an animal is branded, just like you brand cattle and say, this is this number, this is how I know which cattle number this is, as I know who's, who owns this cow, just like Jesus is saying, you're being branded for him. You are owned by the Lord. God has you in his hand. I think what we see here is God is reminding us 
that this is a statute that we are to observe every single year. And just like for us, you need to have spiritual events that you can recall of when God did great things from your life. Can you think of maybe someone who uh, maybe they're celebrating a spiritual birthday? Maybe a year ago they were saved and baptized. You want to call and check up on them. Maybe they are going, they're experiencing a one-year death of their family member. Their, their husband went to heaven. You call them up and check on them, see how they're doing. You remember that birthday. God is saying this festival, the unleavened bread, the story here of us quickly leaving the middle of the night, it's for you to remember my statutes. God knew if my people don't set rules, don't set statutes, don't set requirements, so to say, that people will forget. God does not want us to forget him. He's saying the greatest danger we have, and it's sad, we have a generation of ch children that they just do not know the Lord. It might not be that they haven't been taught the Lord or, for, or forgot the Lord. They just haven't been taught about the Lord. And God is saying, you need to put this in place so you remember the Lord. Do you remember the Lord? Do you remember God doing great things in your life? Tonight, I want you to think about it. If God wants you to establish some spiritual milestones, some spiritual remembrances, what would you do? I, a perfect example. I've, I've taught on this on uh, Wednesday night before. One of the easiest ways to get in the habit of reading the Bible is actually just leaving your Bible open on the kitchen counter. You know, an open Bible is a red Bible. You just leave it like this. You take your Bible and you put it on the counter. You put it somewhere in a high traffic area. I promise you, you take your Bible and you put it right there. People will pass by and read God's Word. You, we are defined by our habits and our daily disciplines. We start getting up and we give our mornings to God. You get in that daily habit and you will, you will see spiritual growth occur, spiritual breakthrough in your life. And God is speaking to you tonight. He's saying, you, you, need to start having, you need to start having these remembrances. I remember when God works and worked in my life. Can you remember that too? Last person you led to faith in Christ. Last person you shared the gospel with and they were baptized. Baptism here coming up in two weeks. Who do you know that needs to get baptized, get saved? It's an opportunity for us to follow in faithfulness in pushing people and leading people to the Lord. I'm going to pray for you right now. I pray God is doing a mighty work in your life. I pray the Lord is uh, just um, is blessing you right here in the middle of the summer, dog days of summer, into July, school about three weeks away, yet we trust in the Lord. We call out and cry out to Him. God, I pray for the folks listening tonight. I pray that they will experience spiritual revival, renewal, and Lord, you do a mighty work in their life. Lord, we read about these Passover instructions. And we are, we are told that this is with the purpose so we don't forget. God, give us a memory that always, most importantly, follows you. It's easy for us to become forgetful and complacent. But Lord, you told us we are to celebrate these rules. This is the Feast of the Unleavened Bread. Right there, it was celebrated after Passover as a time of remembrance. God, I pray we do that. 
Pray we, we, every Easter we tell the story of the Exodus. Not only we tell the resurrection, but Lord, we also tell the Exodus story. God, I pray if there's anybody here tonight that needs to pray in their life and ask for forgiveness of sins, I pray they will respond to the good news today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Listen, if God has spoken to you tonight, if God has certainly been working in your life, wanting you to create spiritual milestones, you can reach out to me. I want to hear from you. Fill out our online connection card. It's a way we can certainly follow up. God, God has blessed us with a wonderful Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church. There's no better church that boldly proclaims the gospel, that's taking the gospel here in our city and beyond with the great news of Jesus. Jesus is our hope. He changes our life, and we trust in him in all areas of our life. God bless you. I will see you next week here for Sunday evening worship service.